Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Welcome. You are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Although Lisa is out changing the world today, but the rest of us are here to rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. Well, we are going to jump right in today since we are discussing parenting, and that conversation is a never-ending one. Joining us is our special guest, Jan Limero, and Jan is with our partner ministry, Bloom, which is is under the umbrella of Stadia. Stadia is bringing people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. And Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners' spouses so they can provide the same to their families, staffs, and churches. So welcome, Jan. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. Doing good here in California. California. I was just telling Casey, our sound engineer, that in Arizona, it is chilly today and a little bit windy. So it's always fun to get that kind of weather in Arizona. I told him it makes our coffee taste better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. I've got my coffee here. It's morning here. Yeah, well, California, you know, the thing about being there, you guys don't get all the fun, you know, changes in the season. So you just get the same beautiful weather every single day. (laughs) Not, not much yep, to complain it's... about. Um, okay, well, Jan, you have an amazing story. And I, I just, today we're going to be talking about um, just motherhood, parenting, uh, walking with, with God in the season of motherhood, uh, just um, everything that goes along with trying to truly infuse, um, you know, Jesus into your kids and how, how we can do that as moms, we have a huge role and, um, obviously kingdoms are changed because of women. We definitely have a powerful role there. And many times we don't see it. We get frustrated, you know, we wake up in the morning and you're, you're changing diapers or you're cleaning up, you know, spit up or whatever you're having to do, making lunches, signing field trip forms, and you don't feel like this all-powerful woman that God created you to go out there and, and truly be world changers, and yet we do have the power, the power in one. And go ahead and, and give us a little bit of background on your story, because you've been in ministry for 25 years now. Uh, tell us about you and your husband when you started the, the church planning um, there in Bakersville, California. Yeah, we have been in ministry for 25 years. Um, about 11 years ago, we moved to Bakersfield to start churches here. My youngest son was four years old, and my oldest was in fourth grade, and so they all just pitched right in and helped. I, I have a great picture of my four-year-old son carrying um, 
baby equipment for the nursery, you know, like a, a mattress or something to go on the floor. It's so <laughs> adorable. So they just jumped right in there and, and helped us and have grown up in, in ministry. And so at, at, growing up in ministry, that's, that's a whole new um, dimension there. Uh, there's expectations for, for your children. And sometimes, you know, you hear of kids that grow up in ministry, you know, it's kind of like growing up in that fishbowl where everybody's waiting mm-hmm. uh, to see mm-hmm. what, what happens. Um, what were some of your, your biggest fears in just really realizing I have to trust God here? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think I just tried not to let that be a reality. I mean, it, you know, all of us are under scrutiny, uh, whether we're in ministry or not. People are watching us and have expectations, but um, other people just maybe don't think of it as much. And so I just really tried not to, um, you know, make that a focus or let my kids get focused on it and somehow it seems like they didn't so I don't know how we sort of dodged that but we just lived our life and um, did what God was calling us to Mm -hmm. well um, I know that you had mentioned uh, fear being a big obstacle (laughs) and it does cripple you as as a parent for sure and uh, one of the comments you said and and I find this um, intriguing that it will cripple Mm -hmm our parenting and we'll end up raising protected wimps instead of competent, <laughs> confident men and women. And yes. that is yeah. so true. I, I have to tell you when, when my mom, um, uh, pretty much there's six kids and for the majority, we're all in ministry. And when we would walk out the door, she would mm-hmm. either remind us to let your light shine. That was her continuous mm-hmm. comment. Let your light shine. And she'd also give you a thumbs up and say, you know, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And oh. when when you hear those comments, it's a little different than I, I hear a lot of moms saying, um, you know, be safe, be careful. Yeah. You know, because I, I know we all fear that, especially if you have a kid that's driving. You know, it's like, okay, as soon as they walk out. But what we say to them is exactly, I love that. We're going to either, you know, protect them and they're going to be wimps or we're going to allow them to truly let their light shine and know that they can confidently go out there and be competent men and women. So share some stories about about that. Okay, sure. Yeah, I just, um, you know, when my when my oldest son went to college, I felt like I was releasing him into the wild. I was like, oh, my goodness, how did... How did it get to this? I, he's going out into the wide world, and um, you know. But I realized that that fear can keep us from realizing that that is the goal. We are going to release them into the wild. The world is is out there, and uh, we don't have to be afraid of it. And so, um, I just I realized that fear was instilled in me as a parent um, from when my kids were really young because my son uh, broke his arm at 18 months. He was just standing on the the couch, you know, in the the living room and was jumping up and down and we said, no, no. And, and he didn't listen and sort of uh, laughed and did it again. Well, he fell off and broke his arm and we thought, Oh my goodness, kids break. And then yeah. um, my daughter at 20 months did a very similar thing. And so I just, you know, thought, Oh my goodness, kids break. And so I found myself constantly saying, be careful, be careful. Um, and I, I just thought that's, 
that's not the way to raise a boy, especially. Uh, so my, my third son has uh, really broken me of that. He is he's all boy, and by the third you know child, you relax and <laughs> let them do things that your first one would. They always say, throw the first two away. It really is that third one that you... <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I just learned not to, you know, hawk over them and always telling them, be careful so that they too were afraid, mm. but to uh, say, you know, you can do this. And so uh, my youngest is now 16 and uh, I was telling you, he, he rides a unicycle. So he does things on a unicycle. I cannot do on two feet. I mean, seriously, tricks and jumps and spins and um, so fear, I just have to put it, you know, aside. Um, he has a, a, a uni crew is his, his group of friends that uh, have a unicycle skate park in our backyard. And so they're, I'm constantly hearing crashes and thuds and, uh, you know, winces. And when he comes in the, the back door, I say, are you bleeding? <laughs> and, uh, As a most mom, of the time he's really, on. Yeah. You can't watch that stuff. It's funny because mine, um, my son is in college as well, and he uh, is he, he loves to snowboard. And they'll come back and show you these videos of them, you know, oh, coming man. off of yeah. the, the cliff. And they, you know, they think it's so cool. Look at how much air I have yeah. here. And you're like, oh, yeah. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. Because we, we know all the possibilities of what can yeah. happen. And they, you know, they think they're invincible. And it's, oh, uh, oh. we go to the dunes on um, quad riding. And same thing. They love to do, you know, pop the willy and go as far as they possibly can or yeah. get the air. And I, I have found that I really can't. I'm better off not watching them. I'm better off oh, just grabbing a book. I'm okay if I'm out there writing and you're doing your own thing. But if you're just yeah. sitting there watching, it's, yeah. it's painful to, <laughs> to do that. So a unicrew yeah. and he is a unicyclist that, that um, you don't hear of. As often, I know. You know, it's all the it's a thing. Yeah, that's great. Well, so I got to ask you: do, do they have scholarships for unicyclists? I sure hope so. <laughs> I keep telling him they they need to do something together as a, a uni crew, you know, that'll get him a, a scholarship. But yeah, they're hoping to go to Spain next year. But and they've got to raise a lot of money, so maybe that'll look good on a college app. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a lot of practice with your youngest son. Um, yeah. In, mm -hmm. in dealing with the, the not having to worry about fear. So he's 16. Yes. Have you gone? Has Does he drive yet? Have you dealt with that fear? <laughs> I sure have. Oh, my goodness. So he, he has his learner's permit, you know, and he's got to get his hours in. So um, he's doing a lot of practice and um, we were on vacation um, <clears throat> for spring break, and he's, we were up on the coast where the roads are windy and have very narrow um, shoulders that, you know, drop off, and you're certainly going to do some damage uh, if you don't stay between the lines here. Um, and I just found myself in that place of fear mm -hmm. that, you know, you know how that feels. It's crippling to yourself, mm -hmm. and there's nothing I can really do. Um, uh, to, you know, to keep it in the road. And my fear isn't really helping him. And so, but um, I was watching my, my husband guide him 
because uh, I had been in the front seat first because I needed to, you know, be in control and, and worry and, you know, tell him what to do. Oh, be careful, be careful. <laughs> and then I, I was just exhausted and I, and I, I let David be uh, in control there for a moment. And I just watched how gently and confidently he guided him. And um, suddenly I had this picture of Father God watching over him as well training him and having fun, watching him grow and take new steps. And it gave me such peace and, and mm. such joy. Um, and Jan, I'm going to interrupt that. you right there at such a perfect moment. So right there on Peace and Joy. Mm-hmm. So stay with us and be right back. we'll be right back after okay. this. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought We're out of reach. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are speaking with our special guest, Jan Lamero. And Jan is with our partner ministry, Bloom, which is under the umbrella of Stadia. And Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners, spouses, so they can provide the same to their families, staff, and churches. And Jan, I love this conversation. Um, so many times we can truly be cocooned in that fear and um, teaching your child to drive is the perfect example. And I think I think everybody has to go through that to get that image of 
exactly what you're saying. When you're in the back seat, all of a sudden watching your husband now um, mm-hmm. teaching your your son how you realize that that is exactly how God is mm-hmm. just guiding us. And you, we, we left it at just that peace and that joy that came over you. So go ahead and continue from there. That That's a beautiful story of, yeah, how God mm-hmm. is looking at us. Well, and I just, I realize there's certain things that I can do and there's certain things I can't. And I can't protect my children every moment. And mm. um, But when I realize that is their father's job, that is Father God's job, and he does that wonderfully. He has, you know, divine power and angels at his disposal and whatever. Um, it's my job to nurture them and to discipline and train them, but I can't protect them all the time. But when I realize that um, God loves them so immensely and is proud of them <clears throat> and is having fun watching them grow up and take these steps. That gives me such peace. It puts me in the right place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do think that that is hard as a parent. It's really easy to um, live almost in that, that fear. I, um, I had a, a girlfriend that made a comment to me, and, and I think some of it is a temperament. Some of us just have that more of, you know, we all have our certain sins. And I remember <laughs> her um, saying, I just feel so sinful because I have so much fear. And thinking, mm-hmm. I never really even saw that as um, an issue. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and having that fear and realizing that that is an area that God was revealing to just, you have to, you know, give that up. And I know, um, for me, um, my, my mom had, um, was murdered in a situation that here she was, it was a beautiful day. It was, you know, she lived in this beautiful community that was surrounded with lakes and ducks in the park. And, you know, I look and go, okay, when your time is there, whatever's going to happen, God yeah. is control over. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just helped me release that to go, mm-hmm. you know what? It, you can be in the most perfect environment That's in the most right. beautiful yeah. day. And you have to just completely release everything because like you said, it's yeah. that epiphany of it, it's, it's not yours to control. We can't control yeah. that. So, um, the fact that we're ha- putting that much power in that, in that anxiety, um, mm-hmm. it changes everything when you get that paradigm shift to, oh, freedom. Uh, yeah, to truly have that peace that passes all understanding. And that yeah. is exactly what Jesus said that we can have. Um, so tell us a little bit more now, you, uh, with your parenting, you have two in college? Yes, I do. My oldest uh, son is about to graduate. Um, he is in Atlanta, Georgia, so he's all the way across the country. And my daughter is in Tennessee, so she's also across the country. And, um, boy, girls are a whole different ball game. I don't know if you have girls or boys, but it's it's a different thing with girls. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Now, so tell us, give us some tips on, on parenting. I do have two girls and different than than raising a boy. Yes. Um, what are some great tips, especially in the teenage years, um, that you have discovered, um, or that worked for you in just Mm -hmm. in, in discipline and just breathing, breathing Jesus into our kids? Yeah. Well, I, um, you know, again, our goal is to 
release them into the wild. That's, you know, one way to think of it. And so they need to be independent. They need to be, you know, self-learners and um, self-disciplined. And so we um, we realized from a young age, I heard uh, Jill Savage, the founder of Hearts at Home, talk about uh, the discipline pyramid or something like that, that she called it, and how at the base, when your kids are two, there needs to be a lot of discipline and guidance, control, but it, it radically diminishes toward the tip when they become teenagers, and especially when you release them into the wild. There needs to be far less control and input and discipline from you because they need to be doing it themselves. And so keeping that in mind, um, we tried to increase responsibility and freedom and let them make their own choices, and, and that's that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of the phrases you, your parents had phrases. One of our phrases is "remember who you are." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to remember they belong, you know, to our family, the Lomero family, but they also belong to Jesus, to God, and um, to you know, put that into practice. Well, and I I think that um, you know I've heard if you demand something of someone, there's two responses: they will either submit or they will rebel. And yeah. giving them that choice of remember who you are, uh, mm-hmm. that does change things because then really... you're, you're putting the choice on them. And mm-hmm. so you're not demanding something of them to where they have to either submit and, and rebel. And there's a lot to be said <laughs> to that, yeah. especially okay. in those teenage years. I know for me, um, I even let my kids choose on going to school or not. And I've had yeah. some friends are like, they're horrified by that. It's against the law if you don't let your, you know, if your kids stay at home. Yeah. But I, I haven't had a problem because when they know it's their choice, um, they, for whatever reason, they've chosen to get good grades and sure. they know if I'm going to do that, I have to be at school. But it's huh? funny. I'll wake them up and I'll go, oh, I don't want to go. And I go, well, don't. And then. <laughs> it's, okay. It's I- very funny that you say that because just this morning before I got on here, uh, my 16 year old, who's a sophomore overslept and he was late for school and we let him be, you know, we will go in there once and, you know, just see if he's awake maybe, but it's his choice. And, and by the time they're this age, I agree with you. And, you know, they need to make their choice and there's consequences. And if they're willing to live with it, that's what they got to learn about the world. When they go to college, they get to decide. So, yeah, that's hard, though. It is really hard. And I know um, where I have um, really struggled is I, I I release them in so many areas, but I kind of, you know, bring in that control when um, it's what movies they need to see um, or what they want, you know, they want to watch on television. And um, I, you have made comments about um, just even letting them have that choice. And I'm so, I want so badly to guard their heart because I just feel like they don't even know what is on that show. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, this was so hard. Um, So, you know, the video games were a, a bigger deal for our older son um, that you, 
you know, and they were rated mature or 13 or, you mm. know, kids or whatever. I don't even know the ratings. But I wasn't, I was not crazy about video games. We didn't have them in our house. And so when my son would go to other people's houses, you know, there was a, a lot of times they were playing video games. But some of them would be rated T or 13 or something like that. And before he was 13, you know, a teenager, we would say, no, you're, you're not a teen yet. You're not 13. And, you know, if the world says that this is the rating, then you better believe my my standards are going to be higher than that, and yours probably should be too. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I definitely let him know what my standards were. But when he was 13, we said, okay, you know, you're you're growing up, and you are a teenager now. You need more responsibility and freedom to govern yourself, and so we're going to let you choose uh, what video games you play or not. And it, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking. You'll never do it, though, will you? You'll never play yes, you know, something yes. that's, uh, that's not, you know, nothing will touch his eyes that shouldn't be there. Oh, goodness. But um, it, it wasn't uh, quite the, uh, he wasn't quite as thrilled with that freedom as you might think, because before he could he could have the excuse, well, my mom won't let me, or I need to call my mom and see if I can watch that movie or or whatever, and now he he got to choose, and the responsibility and the consequences, you know, were totally with him. But again, part of growing up, um, you know, being independent, making your own decision. Yes, absolutely. Um, I this is this is just so comical, but um, Rugrats was the big show when my son was younger, and um, he's twenty one now, but. Uh, I found out later because I didn't like Angelica's attitude. And so I would let my kids watch Rugrats, which is just really Mm. looking back on that. Well, they were going to watch the movie at school during Christmas time when they threw a movie in. And he went up to the teacher. This was in kindergarten or first grade. Oh, no. And said, I'm not allowed to watch Rugrats. Oh, funny. And they they put him in a separate room all by himself. With another teacher, and he had to work on a craft. And when I hear stories like that, I just, it breaks my heart to think that we're so, you know, obedient with that. Like, I am not allowed to watch Rugrats. And I'm sure all these other other kids were like, really? Rugrats? (laughs) But um, Oh, I totally hear you. Yeah. It's it's just funny. Mm -hmm. I just thought, I don't don't need them to watch that bad attitude. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. No, well, you have even given them, and I, I love this, uh, where from seventh grade, you started giving mm-hmm. them their own budget. And I think yes. that as parents is an area that we really need to focus on because I, mm-hmm. I see these kids getting out of college and their credit mm-hmm. card debt, you know, just so many loans from college, et cetera. And they've mm-hmm. never been taught how to to do a budget. So um any tips on that and we're we're um ending the the show here on on this last uh topic. Yeah. Well, this is a big one and it's something that they really need to get down and so we just we sat down with them so they could see this process and we figured out how much we actually spend on them for clothes, school supplies, field trips, you know, youth group trips, everything like that. And we said, okay, here's how much we spent. Now let's divide that over a month, you know, over each month or maybe two weeks or a week. Here's your budget. They have their own bank account. Um, and, you know, we, we help them budget it and, and know what's coming up or think about that. But they are totally responsible for it. Now we buy, we buy awesome, food and, Jen. you know, toiletries. 
I apologize. We ran That's out okay. of time. Thank you, Jan, for being on our show. And Thank you. Right after this commercial. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Good afternoon, everybody. Are you ready to win some awesome prizes? Well, fantastic, because we're ready to give them to you. Just call 903-787-5880 now, and the ninth caller will be our winner. That's the ninth caller at 903-787-5880 to win today's prize. And today's prizes will be two passes to the Earth and Space Science Center and Dome Theater at Tyler Junior College complete with two collectible solar eclipse viewers but wait that's not all call now and also get a ten dollar off coupon for a fabulous haircut at the red petal salon over on the corner of vine and houston street call now 903-787-5880 good luck and see you next time Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. And we jumped off of that last segment just talking about um, sitting down with your kids and actually giving them a, a budget um, so they can learn. And, and I know, Jan, what a, what a great stage to start them in, in junior high and actually break it down to go, okay, this is how much we're giving, you know, 10% to God, we're giving 10% into savings. And then you have this much, sp- you know, spending money and you can also save more, etc. But letting them realize and figure that out, that this is the way I need to manage my money. And um, such a great tip to start them at a younger age, because as we all see, the way uh, so, many, so many kids in our culture um, are in debt before they even realize what's, what's happened. So we um, are now going to switch gears, and joining us is Melissa Kruger. She is the author of her recent book, Walking with God in the Season of Motherhood. She leads women in Charlotte, North Carolina, and enjoys teaching at conferences around the country. And I realize I, I keep saying we, um, and, and you can't see Casey, um, but uh, at least it's gone today. So the, you just know that I have the little mouse in my pocket. So welcome, Melissa. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. 
Yes, we're excited. You have this fabulous book and you're talking about women in every stage of motherhood from the, the anxious first-time moms to seasoned grandmothers uh, will be challenged and encouraged by this intimate study that um, you have written. And we just want to hear more about what exactly, first of all, that inspired you to write this book, Walking with God in the Season of Motherhood, because um, I tell you, yeah, you just can't get enough information as a parent uh, just to keep being reminded of exactly, uh, you know, how do we do this thing? Nobody, nobody gave us instructions. So tell us a little bit, Melissa, um, on just why you were inspired to even write this book. Mm. Well, you know, about 14 years ago, I was living in Edinburgh, Scotland, and I had just given birth to my first baby. And so I was far from home, far from the people I knew. Um, I was, you know, a little bit lost, as I think we all feel when that mm -hmm. new baby comes into our home. And I, I knew I desperately needed God to, to, to go through this season. And yet, um, I could find lots of great Bible studies out there, and I could find lots of great parenting books, but I really struggled to find a study of sorts that intersected good Bible study with the perspective of being in the season of motherhood, if that makes sense. So I was looking for something that combined the two, and I really couldn't find it. And so fast forward about 10 years, I um, have been good friends. We've moved back to the States. I have been good friends with a single woman in our church, and she really walked with me through all my crazy young mom years. Um, well, she got married, and then she got pregnant. And so as I was praying for her one day and for this new season, um, it just came to me that this is what I wanted to do for her. I wanted to write this study that I had wanted years before. And um, so I, that morning when I was praying, I wrote down in my journal an outline for the study. And then I worked, 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 and got a, you know, an a original draft of the study mm -hmm. ready in time for her shower. And then through a variety of ways, it's now come to publication. Um, and so that's how it was born. And that, because of this deep desire I had, and the one thing I couldn't find when I was a young mom. Mm. And, you know, those are the best books when you really are writing from your heart to go, I need this. And as you're going through it to write it down, to give it as a gift, um, just to go, hey, I hope that this this helps. What did you find um, that would really help just, you know, speaking directly to that anxious and stressed mother. What's the one thing that you would say to provide encouragement and just breathe into her spirit? You know, um, I, I would say this world tells you a lot of different ways to be a great mom. Um, there are Pinterest alone can overwhelm you as a, as a young mom um, looking and saying, do this, do this, be this, be this. Should I give this kind of food? Should I give this kind of, you know, toy so that they become, you know, the next genius? I mean, there's just a lot of being poured into us that tells us as moms, make sure you do all these things. And what I found as I have traveled the season of motherhood, that my mothering is made much less of what I do and who I'm continually becoming in the season. And that what I most want to give my children, rather than all the right things out there is a mother 
who is continually knowing God in new and life-giving ways and reflecting that to her children. So walking with God is the place I find that he is transforming me to be kinder, to be more loving, to be more generous, to be more self-controlled. All the things I want to impress upon my children are things I actually receive by being transformed in some amazing way just by spending time with God. It's like, it's like spending time with a good girlfriend and you know how the more time you spend with someone, the more you start acting like them. Well, Mm -hmm. the wonderful thing is the more time we spend in the presence of the word and and with God, we start acting more like him. Mm -hmm. And so I found who I was becoming really was the greatest gift I could give my children. So it's almost most a call to relax, you know, in, in this crazy world we live in um, and, and not spend as much time doing, but a little more time being in the presence of God. Mm. Yeah, definitely drawing that, that wisdom out of Scripture. I have to go back to um, Pinterest. Uh, yeah, that can definitely, um, it's the, it, the guilt, you know, the gift that just keeps on giving when you look at some of the things that are out there. And also just social media in general. I know our last guest, Jan, we were talking about the fear that's there. And um, it's easy to play into that. Last night, my daughter, she's 13. I picked her up from church and I was just talking to her about what they had been talking about in church. And she said, they were talking about lust to not lust. And she goes, ew, mom, it was gross. <laughs> I, I was laughing. And then she said something that I thought it just, it really breaks my heart. Because she goes, yeah, as they were talking about it, I, I got these images from different things that I had seen. And I said, you know, Paris, that is why I pray all the time just to guard your heart. That's why it's so important to watch the shows that you watch and the, you know, television. And that's why when you're over at friend's house, I, you know, say, you know, call me if you need to get out of a situation, if they want to watch something, et cetera. And she said, no, it wasn't the shows. It was the, the friends and the kids that will show their phones, shove the phones in their faces and go look at this. And I thought, okay, it's sad because we now we're in a different culture where we used to be able to say, you know, we can guard their heart, we can guard their eyes, we can help them. And many times they just don't have control over what somebody is shoving in their their face with the phones and the images that they're so it's so accessible to them now. And um we have to so have that discipline to get the wisdom out of scripture, to be able to breathe into our kids now. I mean, I'm sure every parent felt this way more than ever because we have to have the conversations. We, before, you know, when we were kids, I, I didn't have those images to have to deal with. And so now they're going to see them. It's what, what they're going to do with that image and being able to have those conversations. So what would be a tip there on just, um, you know, being able to have those conversations with your kids when they see so much more than what we ever saw when we were young? That's a great question because it is true. And it's even, you know, if you just go past the billboards when you're driving on the road, you're yes. seeing those type of images that, that you're mentioning. And it's, it's pretty overwhelming because in a lot of ways, 
it's defining our, our daughter's view of even womanhood and our son's view of maybe what they're looking for. And it's, mm. it can be really distressing. And, and, and I would say um, on two fronts, in one way, what example am I putting before my daughter of womanhood and my son of what what he should look for? Um, am I busy trying to be perfect in every area, you know, running, running, running? Um, and, and even um, just what sort of example am I setting for what's the most important thing in my life? It's not wrong. You know, I, I think it's wonderful for us to try to, dress up and look attractive. I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's a great thing. But what sort of time and energy do my children think that's the center of my world, um, trying to create an image? Or what do they really know is true about me? And again, this is where um, in, in, the, in the book we talk a lot about what is my whole purpose in life? And I think that's an interesting question. If we asked our families, what would you say our purpose is, what are we about as a family? Sometimes we just go about living our life without ever stopping to think, what am I here for? So what image have we put before our children? Um, Because hopefully, even though they see these glimpses, you know, from friends at school or on a billboard, what I'm hoping is that, you know, they're with us more than they even see those images, that we're presenting a deeper, richer image on their heart as they're in our family. So that's my first hope. Um, mm-hmm. But the second thing is to turn them to the image of what they are in God's sight, and that they're dearly in beloved, that they um, have been redeemed, that Christ came for them and died for them, and that they have great worth. So I think the more that they can get a vision of that image, other images will actually look less attractive. That's my hope. And all of this is mothering. I keep putting before them a better image um, and keep showing that to them so that, and that that will be bigger and better than the world's kind of flashes and pictures and images that get thrown their way. But yeah, I, I don't think we can avoid it in this day and age. I think they're there. So um, I, my hope is to present myself in a certain way to them and then hopefully to show them that they have great value um, because of who God has created them to be. That is awesome. And I love that in your, um, in your book, you have to um, the PMS (laughs) syndrome, (laughs) the perfect mom syndrome. And that is so true. Uh, We, we, you know, that's why we spend time on Pinterest apparently, but uh, I think that's so important what you said. Um, I love, we had one guest that said, you are made in God's image, not in his weakness. And on that thought, stay with us. We're going to be right back after this message. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plan a new church. 
After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We're ending our show today with Michelle Kruger, and she states, My greatest hope is to be a mother who loves Jesus with a deep and abiding affection that joyfully overflows to my children. To succeed in this, I desperately need time with him each day. And Michelle, obviously, um, with this 11-week devotional um, Bible study that you have um, just written, uh, that... We, we are getting the theme here. It's like spend time in God's word, spend time. Like you said, you know, it's just like spending time with that girlfriend. But I, I have to say, um, it's so hard, I know, for a lot of us moms, even though we know how significant it's, you know, at times you go to the grocery store and that's like your version of a vacation just because you don't have those seconds of, I, I know for me, my husband's out of town and, um, I'm speaking this weekend at a, at a women's mm. conference and I thought, okay, good. He's out of town. Don't tell him I said that, but I thought now I'm going to have some time to really, you know, prepare for this weekend. And I still have two kids living in the house and it's just <clears> been <throat> crazy. You just, it's just funny how, um, your, your world starts spiraling out of control whenever you really need time to, to sit down and get your thoughts together. <laughs> so what are some tips um, especially with young moms in finding that time to get into God's word. I know for me, um, there are times you know, I'll even have like you know, scripture on, in the laundry room when you're folding laundry or just sometimes it's not going to look the way that we imagine where we have, you know, the beautiful music playing, worship music playing in the background and <laughs> all of our time there that we can just, you know, read leisurely through scripture. So what what are some tips there? That's right. I think um, I think I have stopped even calling it a quiet time, <laughs> and now started calling it 
time with the Lord. And that might mean there are other people there because it's so hard. It's so Mm -hmm. hard to get quiet. I want to, you know, live by a lake and sit on a screened in porch and, you know, have this wonderful hour to reflect Mm -hmm. and think. And the reality for us as women in this day and age is that that's hard to find. Those are moments we might get, you know, in the year, but that's not probably anyone's normal um, morning, at least it's not in my neck of the woods. Um, so yes. what, what I would say has been really helpful for me um, through the season of motherhood is to have some sort of plan. I think that it, it's really um, kind of confusing to just come to the Bible and say, hmm, what am I supposed to get out of this today? It's kind of a big book. Um, so when we come to it, we're like, what, what am I supposed to do with it? And, and that's actually exactly why I wrote this, this study to help moms. I wanted someone to kind of take me by the hand and say, give me a, give me a chunk, a manageable chunk to read today. And will you ask me some questions about it? Because I'm not even sure I have had enough sleep to think deeply about anything anymore. And, um, and I found that so helpful. So just having something that I was going to do was extremely useful for me and helping me get time in the Word. And one thing I've loved um, that they let me do in this book was to put all the scriptures in the book. So it can go with you to the swim lessons or to in the carpool line or, you know, when you're waiting, as we all, it's funny because motherhood is busy, 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 then you wait. Mm-hmm. At, at all these places, it seems, um, for your children to finish certain activities. And so I was hoping that this can go with that mom wherever she is in her day. So when she finds herself sitting, you know, at soccer practice on a field some way where she could pull it open then and maybe have 10 or 15 minutes to think, to go to another place, kind of, you know, and think about deeper things with the Lord um, in those little moments of time that we have as we go about our day, but sometimes not all together as we might like to have. So that's mm-hmm. been really helpful for me. And then the second thing is just to persevere. I think sometimes we come to Scripture and we think it should be life-changing today. And I think the reality is that it, it's, it's life-changing over time. It's kind of how we, we approach maybe a diet. You know, we think, wow, I really worked out hard today. I hope I see all the difference today. Um, and, and yet we know that most um, progress in anything is slow and it's over time. And so I like to think of getting little chunks of God's Word into my, into my day can really have great effect over the long haul. And the mm-hmm. same is true with prayer and things like that. Praying together as a family doesn't have to be this long affair. It could just be over a meal. And we each, we look at each other and say, is there one member of our family we can pray for before we pray for the meal tonight? So I, I think, in, like you said, at, in the laundry room, putting up verses so that they're there, and it can maybe in just that moment, maybe you're worried or anxious about something, and in that moment, the verse you read helps you to pray about it rather than just worry about it. So I think those are all small but actually very significant ways we can get God's word into our busy schedules as moms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you said something about just even praying together when you sit down for a meal and be able to say, you know, 
what's one person that we can pray? So it's just, it changes that conversation of, you know, dear Jesus, bless this food to our body. You know, when you can go, okay, just one little added thing that you're teaching your kids. And, um, my, my brother is, um, he writes uh, for family, um, ministry and he's very passionate about keeping the family together. And one of the tips that he has found through research is that exactly what you said, if you can have two or three traditions um, that your kids are familiar with, that changes their perspective when they get out of college. And I just thought that that was interesting. Traditions as in faith traditions. And it might be as simple as when you're praying together, it's that one more added touch that you're adding to the conversation with Jesus that they're looking at. Or maybe it's in the car, you know, when you drive somewhere and you pray for, you know, a safe trip or an adventurous trip or just to be able to see God sightings, whatever it is. And I think that's a really, really neat thing to remember. You just need those three things with with your kids, um, just faith traditions. Well, I have to tell you, like I said this weekend, I am speaking at a women's conference. I'm, I'm talking on conflict. And I have to tell you, whenever uh, you're getting ready to do something like that, it seems like the enemy comes along and says, you're going to talk about conflict. I'll show you conflict. <laughs> and you get so many things. So I know when you were writing this, that you probably had all kinds of things take place uh, just on your own heart. So what new things did God reveal to you personally as you were writing your devotional? Mm. Yes, that is exactly the case. Um, what you were just saying that I think the Lord is always faithful to provide context for whatever we're going to teach on um, mm-hmm. so that it's never far away from our own experience and what we're learning. And, and I can just say, I mean, the thing I think I keep learning, um, it was mainly through failure, <laughs> which is I find myself, um, getting frustrated with my kids and and I can remember and this was you know it's just those terrible days when everything's going wrong and you find yourself and you finally just lose it with them and yeah you go here you go here you go here and you're just frustrated with everyone and I get so down on myself um when things like that happen and I think gosh I'm a terrible mom what business do I have writing a anything on motherhood mm-hmm. um, and we feel the weight of our own inadequacy and it was it was the kindness of I just feel like the spirit's voice that came to me and said you know your kids need more than just teaching on what to do when everything is right or you know just because we, we tend to say be kind be loving be gentle be all these things but every one of our children is going to make mistakes just like we make mistakes in mothering Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest graces for me in this process was kind of going back and realizing, just like I teach my children how to brush their teeth so that plaque doesn't stay on their teeth all night and all day, um, <laughs> our children are going to need teaching on what to do when they mess up. And by messing up myself with them on many occasions, I teach by example mm-hmm. um, what to do when we make mistakes. So me learning to go to my kids and say, you know, mommy is really sorry for yelling at everyone this morning. That was completely wrong. Will you please forgive me? At that moment, in his grace, the Lord allows me to teach my children, this is what you do when you mess up with others. Mm-hmm. You ask forgiveness, you say you're sorry, and then that you know, we forgive back. And so 
that was one of those things that I feel like I really learned, you know, learned again and had to keep reviewing in this writing process was uh, even as, as hard as I try as a mom to do it all right, I'm going to make mistakes. And even that, though, can, can be a teaching moment for my children. And that, that's the graciousness of our God, that even our mistakes can be used by him for good things. That is such a great tip to be able for your children to see your mistakes. <laughs> so true. Um, and, and how you deal with those mistakes and especially apologizing for those mistakes. Well, we just have a couple minutes left, Michelle. Tell us again where we can find your book and let's just leave our listeners with one great parenting tip. Um, well, they can find it really on any Amazon, any online seller. And then I know Barnes & Noble's carrying it. So I would love for them to get a copy um, and spend time mainly in God's Word. I think it's His words that tram- transform us, not anyone else's words. Um, but if I could say anything, again, I-, I think the greatest lesson I keep learning in, in this role of motherhood is that it's a it's a season um, but it's a season that changes even as we go through it and so for me the biggest rock I've been able to cling to in, in all the changes and all the different struggles we go to is having the ability to pray to God for my children if I could encourage moms to do anything um, we have this mighty God who allows us to talk to him and, and it, we can do that anywhere we are, anytime in our day. And so often I find myself fretting and t- calling all my friends and saying, what do you think I should do about this? Or calling my husband and saying, what do you think we should do about this? And I realize I haven't taken the time to pray. So I would just encourage moms out there, um, pray for your children. It's the simplest thing. We all know it. But sometimes we forget to do the very things we know um, really make a difference in our children's lives. You know, it's almost like when you when you have something going on and you need to take your child to the doctor, but you do exactly that. You call all your friends and find out, you know, you try to self <laughs> figure out what you what you need to do. And so Melissa, that is that is a great tip to end the show on. Um go out there and get Melissa Kruger's uh book, Walking with God in the Season of Motherhood. And once again, Melissa, thank you for your great tips and just that passion to motivate us to get into God's word and we will talk with you next week. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the 